Hi guys, my name is Mark Knight and you're listening to the Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Ask People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I've got Mark Knight with us. Hey Mark, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, cool, perfect. How's your day been going so far? Very relaxed. It's a, a, a rare day off, so it's actually been, you know, just been a, a stroll around the block uh, to the post office oh, cool. and come back, so my daily exercise. That's not too bad at all. So Mark, I've got some facts about you. Um, okay. So... You're the founder of Right Chord Music. That's right, yeah. And also, you've had over 10 years experience as a artist manager. And yep. also 20 years experience as a marketing consultant. Makes me sound really old, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's no, true. you're not old. Don't that. <laughs> like, hey, you've got wisdom. Just put it that way. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You've got get wisdom, better with age. So... <laughs> oh, exactly. We all get better with age, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me a little about, because you're the founder of Right Call Music, tell me a little bit about how it actually started. Sure. Um, so Right Call Music uh, started really as a music blog, well, it still is a music blog, but it started as a music blog back in about 2010. Um, and I was uh, working with a, a band called Black Chords from Australia, hence Right Call ah. Black Chords. Um, and what I kind of realised quite quickly is if you if you only talk about one band, to your friends all the yeah. time they get really bored um so i decided if i set up a music blog and wrote about other bands and then occasionally just threw black calls into the mix you know yeah. it could be a good way to kind of disguise my uh <laughs> my promotional efforts really <laughs> so it kind of went from there um and uh yeah it's it's kind of evolved and uh yeah we've now got a podcast we've got a kind of spin-off company which is yeah lots of stuff as well but yeah that's kind of how it started Black Chords, basically, uh, from Australia. <laughs> what about the Daydream Club? Tell us a little bit about that, because apparently you were nominated for an award and being the only unsigned artist, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, perfect. So they, um, they were a band who I started managing probably a couple of years after Black Chords. Yeah. Uh, an independent uh, self-released duo from Leicester, Adam and Paula, uh, who are now very good friends of mine. Um, and... Basically, they did all the things that every artist is told to do. So they, you know, tried to get the music on the radio, tried to get the music in, into kind of press and, and play lots of live shows. And we had a kind of a bit of an epiphany a few years later, probably about, you know, a couple of years into the project where we sort of said, yeah. is, is it working, you know? And we kind of came to the conclusion that it really wasn't because they were spending, you know, a ton of money. I think we worked out had three or four thousand pounds each time we put out a single or any form oh, of release wow. and yeah. actually when we looked at the kind of the play count or, or what kind of money coming back in you know thinking of it as a business it just wasn't really stacking up so we kind of said well let's do something completely different so we stopped all kind of paid promotion so no PR people no radio pluggers uh, and actually pretty much stopped gigs as well to, to a certain extent and focused yeah. all our efforts on on Spotify and said to, to the band we're going to do one thing, which is tell your fans repeatedly the way to listen to your music is Spotify. And yeah. that was kind of an unfashionable thing to do at the time because I think it was it was sort of around the era when people like Taylor Swift was taking their music off Spotify. 
and obviously yeah. we were championing it. And I think a lot of fans were still sort of going, well, Spotify is not good for artists, you know, it's, it's, it's not paying you enough. And, and we were kind of our perspective as well, we've never been paid enough, you know, because we've never had four million album sales on CD. So actually, yeah. if we can get a piece of money, a bit of money for every time someone plays our song, it's, it's better, right? So that's all we did really religiously for probably a couple of years. And the band hit a million streams on Spotify. And, yeah, um, I was reading that. That's which excellent. is pretty amazing as an unsigned band. Yeah. And, and then it kind of spiraled from there. So um, Spotify kind of got hold of that story and, and kind of supported us. And I think uh, within the next month, they'd, they'd got another mu- a million plays in a, in a month, basically, by being put on to yeah. Spotify playlists. And it just spiraled. So the um, the awards that yeah, we had, uh, we were nominated for Best Digital Artist at the Music Ally Awards and also um, an award they were nominated for at the Unsigned Music Awards as well, um, which was just a great recognition really of what they were doing. But it, it, so it's just kind of carried on. So they've now got to the point now where they've got uh, over 100 million streams on, on Spotify, um, which is pretty amazing. So they kind so of earn a living. basically giving them from, a chance to yeah, yeah, make yeah. money out of what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's basically, I think we got to the point where we said, you know, we're going to lose money. And if they carry on losing money, we'd have to stop making music. Yeah. So we said, well, how do we find a way to enable them to carry on making music um, and, you know, turn it into sort of something which is financially sustainable? And that's kind of what we did. It's tough because obviously things change, right? So, you know, yeah, Spotify can take a track off a playlist and that can have a huge impact. But um, they've had, um, yeah, incredible success over the last five or six years purely from Spotify and off the back of that you start getting offers for sync so you know uh, music's been used in films and tv and all this yeah. kind of stuff as well so so the strategy kind of really paid off and I think that that approach really kind of led to the things I do with other artists with major label I guess that's, well, that's a lot that's really good so you've got like 20 years of experience when it comes to media and partnership and marketing yeah. strategy what is your typical day like? Because it seems quite hectic yeah, when it so, comes to promoting brands and bands. How do so, you handle yeah. it? Well, so the, the music stuff is, is all kind of at the moment a sort of side hustle, if you like. It's kind of the thing I do before work, after work, and any gaps in between work. The yeah. the, the job that pays the, the mortgage and, and kind of puts you know food in the fridge is, is mm. as a marketing strategist. So that's kind of my profession, if you like. I love music to be a full-time gig and I'm kind of, edging towards that being the case but uh it's going to take time from what i from what i've researched about you and what you do especially for other people i can see you doing it professionally forever because of how you you. do it yeah it's it's getting there i think it's it yeah it's really busy i think the the day-to-day kind of life as a uh, media or marketing strategist uh is really varied I work for a company called Wavemaker, which is part of Group yeah. M and part of WPP. I read about that. It's a big media agency, and obviously at the moment, especially uh, like you know, every industry is kind of hugely affected by COVID nineteen. So a lot of our clients, obviously travel travel brands, have, have just stopped spending money full stop. You know, they can't travel, yeah. they can't advertise, or anything like that. Um, we've got some companies that are doing really well out of it, but obviously most of them are really struggling. So my job at the moment is really planning what they're marketing and media will look like uh next year which is incredibly difficult to do because obviously no one knows what's going to happen you know so so scenario planning working out how media consumption is changing on a near weekly basis at the moment um so whether you know tv is is still going to be um 
the biggest channel. <laughs> um, you know, the last okay. few weeks we've seen everyone come back to TV and obviously people are stuck at home. So, you know, it's yeah. attracting younger audiences who previously probably on YouTube. Um, yeah. Things like podcasts have been going up because, again, content, they're listening to content social content's been going up so you know it's just kind of keeping an eye on how it all evolves and, and helping them make smart decisions about where to place their their media and in their marketing investments basically how important is it to know about marketing and what advice would you give to other people who have a business but don't know too much about marketing yeah it's uh well i think it's i think it's kind of fundamental i think going back to the musicians again i think part of the Part of the realization, I think, if you are a musician, is you've got to think of it as a business. You know, you. Of course. I think the quicker you can kind of get to that point where you realize that you've got a balance sheet, and you know, you've got money coming in, money coming out, and you need to work out how you're going to make, uh, you know, a, a sustained income from from what you do and whether it's working. Because, you know, yeah. I remember years ago working with an artist who was really excited because they'd been paid, um, I think, I don't know, 150 pounds to play a gig at the Barfly in London. And um, and then we said, well, okay, well, you know, so let's let's work out what you've made from this show. And uh, you know, they had 150 pounds for a band, so that was divided by four. And then we worked out yeah. they'd had to hire an amp, um, they'd, hired, they'd had a taxi there and back. Uh, they'd went out for dinner because they were, you know, ready to play Already the gig. Lost, and before you yeah. know, you lost yeah. money, you know. And it's like, yeah. well, if you if you don't keep a track of that, I don't understand that, then you know, you you kind of you're not going <laughs> to succeed really. So, I mean, marketing basically is just fulfilling the needs of people right so giving people what they want when they want it in a really basic way so yeah. you know having a product that people want or, or finding people who want your product is, is kind of key to everything really so good targeting good communication um, and finding that that audience and I think you know the internet allows you social media allows you to in theory get close to so many different niches of people, you know, people who can be interested in anything, you can find them, you know, so so it's, it's a challenge and it's an exciting challenge, I think, trying to connect people to to music or, or to, to brands or whatever it might be. How did you actually get into music? So what actually made you think, okay, this is music, I love music, or was it something that you was pushed into from family or from family members or friends? Or was it something that you actually said, I love doing this, I love being able to help people, I want to get into music? How did you actually start? Sure. Um, well, actually, it goes back to Black Cold. So, um, so I actually used to live with the lead singer Nick uh, years ago oh. in London. And yeah. um, when he was living with us, we lived in a big share house. Uh, I knew he he was musically talented, but he very rarely played or did anything. And he yeah. then moved back to Australia and and sent me this um, sort of DVD and said, "This is my first single. You know, what do you think of it? I'd love to get your thoughts on it." And I was expecting yeah. it to be awful, which sounds sounds dreadful. But you know that thing when a friend gives you something and you're like, oh god, what if it's really bad? How am I going to tell them? You know. And um, it was this music video which um, actually got them signed, and it was you know beautifully made film for a song called Broken Bones. And um, I, I watched this video. Really nice and I was, as well. Oh, it's just I mean, you just can you can almost imagine how beautiful the song is by the yeah. name. I think sometimes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember watching it at the end of my bed, thinking, oh my god, I've got, got to get involved with this somehow. And I, how do I? what do I do to help this you know and um I think at the time uh I, you know I've always loved music but I can't play an instrument for you know for love and the money I have no musical ability whatsoever but I think oh. it's sort of the world's collided because I thought well I, I'm a marketeer and I I, I love yeah. sort of digital media um so I was like well you have a passion for it you can yeah, see that yeah, you yeah. have a passion for what you do even when you're talking about it now you can hear that you have a passion for it and once you have that 
that in yeah, itself exactly. is a talent. So yeah, I think it was quite easy at that point. It was just saying, well, I'll do the bit you you don't want to do and can't do. So like you focus yeah. on the music, I'll do the marketing, and then see where we where we get with it. You know, and say they they went on to get signed uh, by Universal in Australia uh, and actually uh, just um, reformed in the last about three or four months as well. So they're kind of coming back to do more stuff. So that's exciting as well. So that's kind of how it started, really. Uh, yeah, a, a chance connection, I guess. Hey, it was meant to be. Everyone mm. says sometimes it's a chance, but I always believe that if it was meant to be for you, it will be for you. So yeah, that's right. a really good thing. Who is your inspiration when it comes to the music business? So come away from marketing for a second and you go into the music business itself. Who would you say inspires you to do what you do within music? Well, I used to go to a club night uh, in Islington um, yeah. underneath a pub called the Famous Cock Pub, a really grotty little pub. Um, and uh, that, actually. yeah, it's right on the corner by the tube station, and there's a, a bar underneath, which at the time was called the Basement Bar, a tiny little bar. And every, I think, once a month uh, on a Thursday, I think it was, there was um, these, these live music events, and it put on by uh, a guy called um, Tim Dello and Toby L. Um, he may have come across, I don't know, but they went on to to launch Transgressive Records and uh, Block Party and Foles and all these kind of people. Yeah, that's um, for yeah. Probably, I don't even know, let's say two or three years, I was kind of a religious sort of disciple of their live show. I'd go along and just discover all these amazing bands. And um, I saw in that time people like Subways and Magic Numbers and yeah. uh, you, you name it. Like every good band went through that, that club, really. And Toby, at the time, I don't even know how old he was. He was ridiculously young. He was probably a sort of teenager had this blog called Rock, uh, Rock Feedback, which is still going, um, and uh, Transgressive Resistance Early Days. I was like, what am I doing? Like, how has he done this and I've not done anything, you know? So <laughs> I, I'd honestly say it was, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know if he knows the story, but I would say it's probably, it's Toby L was a big inspiration, I think, just because of like, well, oh. if he can do it, then why shouldn't I, you know? So um, yeah, that's that's probably the, yeah, the honest story, I think. It's nice when somebody else can inspire you to look within yourself to do something positive because I find that a lot of people find it difficult to find what they actually love to do. Yeah. So it's nice being able to have somebody else to pull it out of you. Yeah, totally. And tell yeah. us, a, yeah, tell us a little bit about um, the Takeover Festival because I remember when I was messaging you, you were doing the festival at the time. Yeah. Um, I know it. <laughs> and you was like, Savia, <laughs> it's a little bit hectic right now. <laughs> but, you know, give me a message uh, maybe next week and we'll get on it. And I thought that was beautiful because I knew that you was busy, but you still made time to want to be on the podcast. And that's what the podcast is about. It's about being able to help people just like you do yourself. Yeah. Um, and I always like to fit um, my schedule all around other people to help and promote them as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the festival, the Takeover Festival, sure. and how was it for you? Uh, exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, but it was exhausting. So it, it started, uh, well, so if I go back a little bit, um, I actually ran, yeah. I believe, I, I'm, I'm going to say this is true, so it might not be true, but the first online only music festival, um, which was in 2013, which was on Google Hangouts. Um, Google told me it was the first, so I'm going to go with them. Um, and I did another one in 2017 on Facebook. And then when wow. sort of the whole kind of lockdown started, I thought, you know what, this is a really good time to, to bring it back because 
yeah. from a slightly selfish point of view, it was like, I can't really imagine a summer without live music. You know, I go to a lot of gigs and festivals. Oh, I agree um, with you. So I was like, well, I'm going to do something about it. So, so, um, it, and it just kind of snowballed. So probably in five weeks, I had, we went from a kind of a, an idea, which was this idea of, you know, bands taking over the right called music Facebook page to play live to people at home, right? To having, we ended up with 49 artists from I think 12 or 30 different countries around the world. We had Baddie John Boy headlining. Um, we had um, Mark King from Level 42 headlining on the on the Sunday night. Um, we had Katie Melua and we had King Charles. But alongside the kind of you know established artists, we had the kind of heartland of right music, which is just you know unsigned independent artists who are who are brilliant and need to get their music heard. So yeah. um, it was it was epic. And then we had the fortune of of working with. Uh, Nordoff Robbins uh, music therapy charity so it just seemed a really good fit because you know their whole thing is about the power of music to connect and you know people with Alzheimer's or, or people who have had sort of traumas or, or kind of heartbreak in their life and get kind of use music to kind of yeah. you know awaken them if you like um, and I thought yeah. well in a time of it's isolation just, yeah yeah it just seems so so perfect so um, and they were struggling as well because um, you know physical events are really how they make money and obviously they couldn't do that so so I said I would support them um, and and then Bose came on board, which is just absolutely amazing. So, you know, Bose Headphones um, came on board and said, you know, we want to help you support Nord of Robbins and help support independent artists. So they um, gave some money to really help promote the festival, kind of pre-festival, but most importantly from the artist's point of view, post-festival. So after each performance, we were able to kind of boost those those audiences um, for each of those artists so more people could come in and actually hear them you know so um, I said at the start I wanted each of the independent artists to have an audience of a thousand people which you know it's quite modest but if you think about an independent artist playing a gig in a pub or a venue often they might have you know less than a hundred so a thousand was a good start oh, yeah. point you know um, and I think yesterday I think it was uh, collectively we, we went over half a million plays for all the all the artists playing at the festival so I think I need to work out the average but I think most of them are around about 15,000 so which is again just absolutely phenomenal so you know huge thanks to Bose but also all the other people who were involved in helping put it together but um, yeah it's it was it was brilliant say but it was exhausting because I was literally <laughs> glued to my computer for Friday Saturday Sunday from midday to sort of nine o'clock you know, every half an hour we had another artist. Square vision after it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, technology was, you know, we had um, Google Chrome apparently had released a new update midway on Saturday, which meant um, people's laptop webcams weren't working. So we had to kind of adapt to yeah. that. We oh. had hackers trying to hack the event. We had all sorts oh, of wow. things. Um, but yeah, we all we kind of came through it. So, and raised some money for, for Nord of Robins. I think raised about just over four thousand pounds for Nord of Robins as well, which is pretty amazing. Oh wow! Yeah, that is excellent. Oh, perfect. If you had one artist that you wish you could work with, who would it be, and why would you choose that artist to work with? Wow. Um, <laughs> hmm. uh, I, I know guess, it's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess my my, my favourite band of all time would probably be Radiohead. Um, and I think oh, yeah. Radiohead have always done interesting things. So I think, from that perspective, it would probably have to be them because I think, you know, I like the fact they approach every release in a different way and think about what they could do with it. They're not kind of cookie cutter marketing. Because I think a lot of, yeah. you know, I mean, they are now independent as I understand it, I think, but um, a lot of record label releases and marketing is just 
formulaic, you know, so they will do the same, they'll buy the same advertising billboards, they'll do the same press, they'll do the same, everything's the same, you know. Yeah, and I think nothing's unique. No, mm. and I think it kind of fundamentally misses the point of music, you know, and we spoke about marketing earlier on about, you know, finding a way to engage fans, you know, I, I say to all of my artists that releasing a song, you know, band releases song is not a story, you know, you've got to find an angle that yeah. connects with people, which goes beyond music, because music alone is not that interesting, sadly enough, you know, that's why there's not yeah. that many music programs on TV, you know, it's it's about a culture yeah, of the lifestyle true. around music, right, so you've got to find that connection point, and I think Radiohead have always been really good at doing exactly that. We'll send them this podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. Oh, you yeah. never know. All it takes is for one person to listen and say, yeah, I'm on it. I want to work with you. I know, it's, it's really good. <laughs> if there was one quote that you could pick that would represent you as a person, what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm just, I'm just looking it up because I can't, I'm going to, if I say it and go wrong, I'm going to get wrong. <laughs> Wrong, but oh no, no, it's well, fine. I actually have this on my uh Twitter profile. Um, ah. this is my own personal Twitter profile, which has almost no followers because I'm too busy doing music ones. But so, the quote I don't know actually where it comes from, but I, I really like this. Uh, and it's it says, The distance between dreams and reality is called action. Uh, yep. I think that really kind I of agree. sums me up. I, I'm I kind of I'm a, an action orientated person. If I have an idea, I, I kind of want to make it happen as quickly as possible. I'm not someone who sort of dwells and thinks about it too much. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of kind of podcasts about sort of entrepreneurs and startups, and I think we're kind of common. I could do that. Of, yeah, yeah. I hear a lot of people saying things like, "If you have a good idea, what typically happens is you tell all your friends about it, and they talk you out of it, or your family, and they talk you." I out always of it. say to everyone, "Never tell yeah. anyone what you're doing. Yeah, always yeah. just do it." Because that way you don't have any you don't have any energy on what you're doing and it's only your energy because you're creating it and making it happen. Yeah, totally. I always say that to people and I think that's really important for people to understand. I think people get really excited when they have an idea or something that inspires them and they want to tell someone. But sometimes we don't realise that the people we think are for us are not actually for us, which is a little bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they they think they are for us, but they're all but they're kind of protecting us. By saying things like, yeah. "Well, mm. have you got the money to do that? Do you have the time to do that? You know, is that going to work? Do people really care about that?" And, and by that doing all about that, yeah, your mind, yeah, totally. That puts yeah. questions up in your mind, and you, yeah. and you start thinking to yourself, "Well, am I capable of doing it?" And yeah, it's a little bit hard because it's kind of catch twenty two. Yeah, they are protecting you, but at the same time, you think, "Are they? You know, are they trying to put me down at the same time?" Which is not what we want. We want to try and do something positive to help not just ourselves but to help other people who are around us. So yeah, yeah. no, I understand it. Yeah, yeah. If you were stuck on a desert island, as <laughs> <laughs> well. I'd be like a, stuck if in a, were... an island of sorts at the moment. I think. Yeah, you're stuck at home. Mm. <laughs> if you were stuck on a desert island and you had all the food and water that you needed, what one album would you bring with you? Wow, that's really difficult. Um... I think I'd probably go back to uh, to Black Chords actually, so that, that, that band that kind of got me into this in the first place. So their debut album called Black Chords, uh, I must have listened to it obviously a million times, but I think it, it's because it's got such a kind of place in my life, uh, that would be a pretty good choice. I mean, there's, t- there's tons honestly, but I think that would be, I, I often do those, you know, those things on Facebook where people say, you know, tell me your five albums and put the artwork up and 
you know, tell me or don't tell me why they're important. But that album is always there or thereabouts in terms of being, you know, a kind of one that stands the test of time and it still sounds good to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Black chords, black chords. <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> if you had an, an unlimited budget when it comes to money, what would you change in the music industry and why would you change that particular thing? It's a hard one. <laughs> well, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if it's, I think my frustration with the music industry might give me an answer, I'm not sure, and I'll work it through. But so, the reason I started a blog and started a podcast and all these things in the first place is that the the music industry, I think, is a bit like a, a pub like 20 years ago, right? So when you used to go into a pub 20 years ago, you'd go up to the pumps and there'd be like four beers on tap, right? So it'd be Budweiser yeah. and Heineken and Carlsberg and Stella, or, you know. Um, but everyone knew there was thousands of other beers in the world, but you only ever saw four, right? And the yeah. music industry is a bit like that with radio. So when you when you listen to the radio, or when you watch MTV with you know music awards or the Brits or anything, you can quite easily believe there's only four artists in the world because those four artists will win everything, right? There's the Taylor Swifts and the, the Ed Sheerans and da 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 da. Yeah. And and if you listen to radio, you hear the same four or five artists over and over and over again. You know, I'm sure we've all worked in shops or offices where you have commercial That's radio definitely. on and you just get so sick of hearing the same songs over and over and over again. And, and you don't know how you know all the words as well. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, it, but it works, right? So the reason that way advertising works is about reaching frequency. Lots of people, lots of times, right? So the music industry, rec you know, recognises that and says, well, if we're going to make hits, lots of people have to hear our music lots of times, right? So we have to have a small number of people, sorry, a small number of artists who they promote a lot to get big hits, right? Reaching frequency. Yeah. But, you know, the, the saddest thing about that model is that there's thousands, millions of other artists out there who make incredible music who don't get heard because of radio's only got so many hours in the day that people can get their music on, right? So, Do you believe, Mark, that it's also who you know as well in the music industry? Oh, yeah, usually. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I don't think it's just music. I think it's just life generally. Do you know what I mean? In general. I think, yeah. I think, you know, talent can get you so far. So far. Then I think it's always just, yeah, if you know the right people at the right time, then, you know, there's other things at play. But, you know, I think Spotify, the big hope for Spotify was the sort of, the bandwidth, everyone could listen to their own radio station, everyone could listen to the music they wanted to listen to. But of course, what happens again is that who controls Spotify? Well, it's the labels who put the content into Spotify, right? So all those playlists, so talking about the Daydream Club again, where they got onto Peaceful Piano playlists, whatever, are now so tightly controlled by the record labels that the major labels will control who goes on those big playlists, right? So it's yeah. harder and harder and harder for independent artists to crack into those. So again, it's just like that kind of top being squashed down again. So it's always, I think for me, it's always thinking, how how can you kind of level the playing field? How can you get, you know, go back to my festival, how can you get an unsung artist, you know, alongside the likes of Bally John Boy and give him the audience which is you know equivalent to that artist you know that that's the big challenge i don't necessarily know the answer to it but um you know the, the kind of microbreweries going back to my beer analogy have done it in pubs now where you suddenly have like you know 50 different beers in the fridge and the taps are all along the front of the bar all different beers so what's the equivalent for music how do you get that situation where more people can be heard by more people more often yeah well that makes 
What makes your company different from other companies? So what makes Right Chord Music different from other companies that are similar to yours? Uh, well, I think I think if I talk about major label, which is kind of part of Right Chord Music, so major label is our kind of management consultancy and, and kind of creative solutions bit, um, so kind of beyond the blog. There is a big difference because I think most artists will work with a PR agency or try to work with a PR agency. Yeah or yeah. a radio plugger, right? And Major Label's position is is really based on that experience of a daydream club, which is to say, don't spend any money there, right? Because if you spend your money trying to get on radio, as I've just said, you might spend a thousand pound on a radio plugger, and actually that radio plugger can't guarantee you any plays whatsoever, right? So That's you might get true. one you might get one spot play. And what we know about how advertising works again reach and frequency right so if you don't have reach and you don't have frequency you don't get momentum you don't get fame you don't get people to listening so 1500 pounds for one play doesn't deliver anything right it just doesn't work radio is not set up to help unsigned artists so so from major labels perspective we we, we don't worry about any of the channels we can't control okay the same with, with pr so pr exactly the same spend 1500 pound on a pr agent who will say, we'll try and get you some blog coverage, right? But we can't yeah. guarantee you anything. So at the end of that campaign, your music might not be on any blog, or it could be on one blog, which no one reads, right? Again, reach and frequency, yeah. haven't delivered it, right? So so what Major Label does really simply is it focuses on the channels you can control rather than what you can't control. So the, the great thing about social media um, is it gives you the opportunity for reach and frequency. So the biggest websites in the world right now are Facebook, and Twitter yeah. and Instagram and um, Snapchat and all those things, right? So so what we do is we work out how to market and um, and promote your music on the channel on your channels, on those channels where your fans are already congregated. You know, so yeah. so that's so we kind of create effectively advertising campaigns for musicians to promote their music on their own channels. Um, so that's that's why we're different. We don't we don't work with any radio plugs or any PR people. Uh, and Tell me a little is, bit about. Yeah, go on. No, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. Well, as I say, well, I guess the final part to that is so it's it's all about own channel promotion and it's all about getting people to listen. Because I think, and we have this a lot. A I lot. think that's the hardest part. Yeah, 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 totally. So like, you know, again, we have artists who say, well, we've worked with radio pluggers and PR people for the last six months, and we spent this money, and actually, when we look at our Spotify play count, the play count hasn't gone up. No one's actually listened. Um, yeah. So what we try and do is, is to really zero in on that point of saying, here's the artist, here's the music, or here's the story around the music, now go listen, right? So all of our campaigns, the key objective is to get people, more people to listen. Uh, and yeah, and it works. It's, it's been working really well. So so that so that's kind of our point of difference, I guess. I think it's having the optimism as well and that drive mm. to keep you going. It's really good. Yeah, thank you. Tell me a little bit about RCM. Um, the new music blog, which ranked top ten, if I do believe, yeah, is yeah. top ten. Uh, I mean, Tell right, me a little bit about it. I mean, Rank Music. So it started in 2010, um, and we try and write as much as we can. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> and we get, I get sent like so much music, um, and uh, as much as we can, we we try and review and, and we write about. Obviously, we only write about um, unsigned or independent artists. We try and steer clear of, of the artist who. Don't really need our support in quite the same way. Um, we have, um, I guess, a great number of kind of sections on there. 
um, but the new music part is really the key bit. Um, we have a kind of a marketing sort of side to it as well. So there's a few articles there about um, you know approaches to marketing, um, and uh, we're always looking for music. Uh, reviewers and writers so if anyone's listening who wants to review some music then please be getting in touch because I only have so many hours of a day <laughs> oh bless I might take you up on that as well <laughs> um, how would you say that you push boundaries within your company to make people better themselves I've heard quite a lot of it because you do quite a lot but how would you say that you continue to push boundaries not just for them but also for yourself within your company uh, I guess well, two things probably. One is is constant learning. I think you know yeah. we are surrounded by so much content, right? So whether it's podcasts or blogs or newspapers or books or whatever, it's like I, I kind of think if you're not constantly learning, then I don't know why you're on this planet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much opportunity <laughs> for it. Like it's just lazy not to, right? So it's harder not to sometimes. I think so. So that's the first thing is you, you, you can't accept the status quo. You've always got to be looking for the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the most interesting yeah. thing? Uh, you know, we have a, a thing here in my house um, with my girlfriend and her and her son. You know, around the dinner table, we, we start start by saying, you know, what what are the, what's the most interesting thing you've heard today or you've learned today? Because I think there are so many yeah. things going around you. You know, so that's so that's one yeah. thing. Um, I'm just gonna sorry, I've just noticed my laptop is making noise, so it's just turn it off. Um, and then I guess um, the second part is around getting people to question stuff and think why. Yeah. So um, it goes back to kind of a lot of the major label work. Um, when I'm working with an artist, um, you know, again they will come in there with their pre-determined um, sort of assumptions, things about you know the power of radio. We need to get on radio. We need to use YouTube. Uh, and I always say, well, yeah. you know, why why do we need to use YouTube? What's what benefit is YouTube to you? Talk, talk to me about that because, again, most artists don't recognise that that actually for YouTube you can't monetize it unless you reach I think it's a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch hours a month, right? And how many artists get that? Yeah. Very few. Now, if you if you you know Very been building few. that for years and years and years and you've got to that point, then yeah, of course it's an interesting proposition and it's still a massively powerful channel, but. It's not right for everyone, right? And you know, if you, if you've got the choice of getting paid for every stream through Spotify, or not paid and not even people watching you on YouTube, which one do you go for? It's pretty straightforward. So, questioning everything, I think, don't accept the status quo, and and kind of try and flip things. Think about things completely the opposite way, and say, well, what if we did do the opposite? What would that actually lead to? So, I think sometimes that approach of just turning things on their head um, is is quite a nice way of approaching things and thinking in a different way. Well, it is a really good thing. No, it really, how would you say, like, what one memory would you say is your best memory that you've had so far from having your company? Oh, there's a few, I guess. Um, so I did a, a project uh, which was probably the moment where my music coinc- kind of clashed and coincided with my day job. Uh, which was pretty epic. Um, That's always going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did um, at some point. So we were uh, WaveMaker were launching a new department, and um, I came up with this idea of taking an unsigned band and trying to break them in ten weeks using just the power of content. Oh wow! So no radio, no TV, just purely social. Yeah, media I saw that in one of your quotes. Yeah, you use the power of content. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, and, and we did it, right? So we took this band called Broken With Rebels, who are now signed to Universal. 
And I think probably the moment, um, so we we got all this incredible support from the media industry. So we had this band on billboard ads all across the UK for free, right? Which was absolutely amazing. We got the band on the front page of YouTube for a day, which is just, just doesn't happen. Um, all these media owners stepped up and said, yeah, we can show you the power of media, you know? Um, but the moment where it really sort of um, kind of hit me, I guess, was the band um, played at the Isle of Wight Festival. And um, ah. we, I was, I was standing kind of side of stage and um, they started playing um, their single, which was the song which got played, put on the front of YouTube. And the audience, for, well, first of all, when they first, first started playing, the tent was about, say, half full. Um, by the end of the first song, you know, it was rammed and there's people queuing to get in and couldn't get in. Yeah. But when they started playing this song, the current single, and the crowd started singing it back to them. And there was just a look from the epic. lead singer to yeah. me to say, oh my God, it's working, like, this is working, like, because they weren't a known band, you know, they were unsigned, but suddenly they had four or five thousand, I'm not sure how many people were missing, like, big tent in the other white, singing back, and I thought, wow, that's, that's a powerful moment, I think that will always live with me, live with me, I think. Define what success means to you, because everybody has a different term when it comes to the word success, but what does the word success mean to you? Uh, good question again. Um, I think, well, so when I had this sort of epiphany moment with the Daydream Club, and I think they, they kind of summed it up nicely by saying this idea that at that point, they'd given up on this idea of record label dreams and being signed and being, you know, this famous I think band. a lot of people yeah. have given up on a record label yeah. dream. Yeah, and to, to them, they were like, well, you know, happiness would just be to continue doing the things we love doing. So if we can carry mm. on making music forever, then that makes us happy. So I think it's something along yeah. those lines where if, if I can do more of the things I love doing and fewer things are the things I don't like doing, <laughs> then that's, that's all it, it really is. I think, you know, it's like having a, a you know, a, a life, uh, which, you know what, one of the things that I locked down at the moment is when you're trying to run a, a company before work and after work, and you suddenly take the, the commute out of the equation, it's an absolute joy, yeah. right? So I get an extra, an extra two hours a day where I can focus on music, which is just phenomenal, you know? So, um, and that's how I feel about the podcasting as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, you, you, you can't fake it, right? So you, nothing makes you get out of bed to write a blog in the morning. You only get out because you want to do it or whether it's a want festival or whatever, it. you know? So that's always a good test of me if i really want to do this i'll get up and do it if i don't want to do it i won't you know so um so i think that's another way of just kind of deciding whether you are really enjoying what you're doing you know <laughs> but was there ever a time where you thought to yourself i want to give up um regardless if it because i know you've spoken about lack of money and maybe support was there ever a time where you felt like that yourself where you felt like you didn't have the support that you needed or or lack of money how did you get out of it and what did you do to get out of it? Uh, honestly, no. I think I think I've always just had this sort of blind belief that if you if you, I mean, it's, it's kind of you've, yeah, you've got to, you've got to balance it out because I always say to people, if you're going to fail, fail fast, right? You don't want to kind of just keep on doing something which just just isn't working. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, if I look back, um, you know, at, at my blog, for example, and I look at the traffic to the blog, I see it's gone up, right? It, it, it goes yeah. up, you know. So I think. If I was seeing that it was going down and down and down year and year and year, I would, I would just stop by now. Do you know what I mean? You know, um, um, I think it's frustrating some sometimes, and 
Um, so at the weekend with the festival, there was an artist who uh, was co-headlining on Sunday with, um, so just before Mark King from Level 42 had this artist called Officer who absolutely do. I think yeah. he's such a talent. Um, and his um, webcam broke, right? So we had to cancel the show. We had to, we had to like basically pull it. And I was just like, this is such a frustrating moment because, you know, you have this big audience of people who are primed to watch Level 42 and you're in a slot with yeah. independent artists into this mix. And it's like, that could be his moment where suddenly go, someone goes, oh my God, why is he, you know, where he is? He should be, you know, touring the world. Should he should be, be you know, bigger. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up kind of pre-recording the show and I put it out the next day. Uh, and, you know, the audience for it is growing nicely, you know, but there's moments like that where you think, oh, just, you know, just quite a line, you know, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm always kind of fairly optimistic. I think I can't be the only person who, who likes this stuff, you know, um, and, you know, you can see the numbers that yeah, there must be more must people, be poor people yeah, you know, and I think it's just finding them again, it comes up to that marketing thing really. It's like just zeroing in on the people who, who care and are those supporters and the people who share. I think, you know, one of the best things about the festival is not the views, but the shares, right? So when you see yeah. someone's been shared, you know, I don't know, 30 times or something, you go, okay, that's great. That's, that to me is a bit where people are, are really caring about this, you know, so it's a nice take. Do you think that more people, do you think that more, sorry, do you think that more people should learn about the music business and not just, I know it's a great thing to have the talent and show that talent, but because you know so much about marketing, do you also think that it's good for an artist to know about the, the business side of music? Uh, y yes and no. I, I mean, I think, I think the problem in a way is that they think they need to know about the music business. And actually I think mm -hmm. the music, there's, there's two businesses, right? There's the old school, you know, record label business that, um, yep. you know, Again, to me, is a problem. You know, it's a problem why people spend money on radio pluggers. It's a problem why people waste money on PR, right? Because that's what they told they need to do. Um, I think the business they need to get closer to is is running a, a business, a startup. Like, you know, think of themselves as an artist, as a startup, and think, how do I how do I get myself out there? How do I promote myself? You know, how do I use Google Ads? How do I build a website? Um, how do I run facebook ads how do i you know all these kind of things how do i create a mailing list you know how do i create content social content you know those skills to me are way more important than understanding you know you know the royalty splits between a you know an artist and a label you know because um and there's so much crap you can read so many books talking about the yeah, old world true. industry and actually you know for 99 percent of the artists they will never touch that industry, you know. So focus on the industry you actually are in, and create your own industry. You know, like, don't worry about the industry which isn't really for you. No, that makes total sense. If if there was one song out there that you wish you wrote, <laughs> what song would you choose and why? <laughs> oh goodness. Um, I mean, I have a feeling I might know what you. Oh really? Oh goodness! Um, I mean, I've got so many different answers in my head. I mean, if I was being a cynical marketeer, I'd probably say um, "White Christmas" or something like that, uh, <laughs> just because you know you're going to get money every Christmas, right? But um, I think probably from a pure, kind of purest point of view, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, I, I still love uh, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. I think that's an absolute perfect, oh, cool. perfect song. Um, I don't know. It could be, it could be yeah, it's so, so many, I think. But yeah, they're, they're two. <laughs> Some kind of Christmas song <laughs> and yeah, the Ronettes. <laughs> well, what would you say is your ultimate goal for your company and to achieve for your artists that you work with and help? Um, well, first of all, to do it full time. Um, so, which you will you yeah, know that you yeah no absolutely say, i will yeah. and it will happen well i think it's i mean major label uh, which really is the kind of the, the bit that provides an income really the blog is just yeah. the blog is, is advertising money but um it's really only uh, well it's less than a year old um in a, in a serious way so it, it's growing like growing all the time and, and you know that's definitely going to become a thing um, I've got tons of other ideas as well. So I've also got a, a company called Squall, which is an influencer marketing platform, which is very much in startup kind of mode, but it's it's ticking on and I want to scale that. Um, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it myself. Is it? Oh, I can't what you said. Sorry. No, what, what is your ultimate goal? Oh, yeah, okay. What is your ultimate goal for your... <laughs> Well, I guess yeah. so. Full, full time yeah. would be one part of it. The second part, I think, yeah, um, is um, do you know what? Again, go back to this lockdown thing. I've really enjoyed spending more time uh, at home uh, with my girlfriend and her and her little boy as well. So this idea of, of actually having to go to work, you know, and spend seven eight hours of a day away from the people you love, I much rather yeah. spend more time with the people I love. You know, so at home. yeah. Um, you know, I think I think people are starting to realise that they can do everything from home. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of companies are are, are at home and they're realising that why do we need a building? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So where we can all yeah. do it at home and technology is so good that you're able to just make a phone call, do everything by video, and the companies are actually starting to realise that. So it would be interesting to see when people get back to work, how things actually develop. Yeah, no, totally. I think it's, yeah. I think it's just about quality of life, isn't it? I think, you know, yeah, we, we've gone to have it over the last few weeks of getting up and doing our Joe Wicks in the morning, <laughs> which, which, yeah. is, which, which is brilliant. I can barely walk, but it's good. Um, but, you know, suddenly again, if you go back to commuting, then, you know, you've got to find an extra 20 minutes in your day. You know, that's a bit I'm normally commuting. I'm, I'm now doing Joe Wicks and drinking smoothies. You know, it's like it's <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good at the moment. Quality of life is good, I think. You know, I, I, I definitely want to get back outside again and, and, you know, hang out in a pub garden and see friends. Don't get me wrong. But I think from a pure work nice, perspective, yeah. I think, um, I don't know, I think it's easy to forget what's really important. I think I'd rather spend more time with the people the simple things. that I love rather than yeah. the people who I to go and spend time with you now <laughs> no that makes sense it makes total sense it's just valuing your time yeah totally it's just totally valuing yeah. your time what advice would you give to your fans or followers out there about being positive within the music business and in any business um because for them sometimes they feel like they're a little bit lost in the world but what advice would you give them from you that you don't normally say on a podcast or to other people so they can get to know who you are uh i mean reach out i mean happy to answer questions you know if people want to you know get in touch and get in touch you know um as you said at the start like i i, I kind of pride myself on being someone who is approachable um 
I can be quite fierce yeah. sometimes. But I, I think you but are. I really know what I promise. I think you're approachable. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you came back to me really quick when yeah. I sent you a message. You came back really quick and you was like, yep, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Which is really nice. I, so. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really have too much more than that, I don't think. I think, like I said before, just um questioning everything you know don't don't accept something just because that's a way that it's always worked as I mean to say it's right you know um keep just keep thinking yeah. about different different ways of doing stuff and and test things out i mean yeah. i think you know the greatest thing about sort of social media and things like that is you can always delete things right so if you post something on instagram that's and true. it doesn't seem to be picking up any traction just remove it <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> i've done it else, you know? I, I constantly yeah. delete stuff off my social media wall or my blog if it's, it's if it doesn't feel right anymore and it's like it just goes you know do something else <laughs> tell us tell us a little about your podcast let me help you let me help you uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast lost is it uh, lost on radio radio podcast? Yeah. yeah so it's tell us a little bit about it i mean it started really because um you know a lot of again i wanted to have another way for people to be supported and again i can't write articles by every musician that sent, sends music to me so it's yeah. like well podcast is another outlet for that um i, I set out with a guy called andy moore who is just still a good supporter of Rykel music and he did probably the first 80 podcasts i think uh, and then we yeah, i've seen how many you have yeah, we yeah. Got, I think we're two eight six i think now um he very selfishly went to have a family and left me in the lurch obviously <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so i had to I, I always remember this i had like a week to learn how to do a podcast for the next week because that point we were doing it every week and we do it every second week and i was frantically watching ah, okay. youtube videos going how the hell am i gonna do this and um and the first few i oh i hated it absolutely hated it i just didn't like right. you know myself talking you know recording my voice and stuff it was oh. so i did a lot of kind of pre-recorded um uh, like little kind of stings, I guess you like, and, and, and I got the artist to introduce themselves. I did everything I could to, to stop myself being on this podcast. Your voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, slowly got easier. And actually, now I, I always say to people um, from a professional point of view, uh, I actually really enjoy presenting now at work. I, I kind of get a bit of a kick out of it. And I swear it's because of the podcast, because I think if you. Yeah, it is. You, know, you get <laughs> used to is. talking on a podcast, yeah. you know, once a week or whatever. Um, and you know, I, I think back to those days. I'd write a full script, and I would try and you know read the script out of the podcast, and it sounded awful. So then you go, okay, I'm not going to write a script. I'm just going to kind of write you know yeah. key bits to get to you know start, middle, and end. Uh, and every now and again, I, I just, just do it freestyle and just see where it goes. You know, and all sorts of stuff comes out of your mouth. But um, but it's a great exercise, and I think if you can do that, then you know it, it does help with other things. You know, so um, but yeah, the general point of the podcast is supporting music that doesn't get played on radio or gets pushed to the late night fringes of radio so we normally have six artists or seven artists a week uh, or each, each show um, from anywhere in the world and, and I really encourage music to be from anywhere in the world because again I think if you live in the UK and you listen to radio you tend to hear music from the US, UK yeah, and maybe true. one other country right? true. so we have music from you know all the Scandinavian countries, we've had Japan, you know you name it like pretty much every country i think we've had listeners in over 150 different countries which is really gratifying you know so. mark how do you know when you found talent how do you know when you found the right artist to put on your podcast uh i just you just gotta love it you know simple as that you know i think the, yeah. the thing about music is this you know i'm not musical i can't tell you about the composition of a track i can't tell you you know what chords are hitting or anything like that um but if it, if it moves you if it, if it kind of has an impact on you 
has a connection yeah, to exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I started working with a, an artist called Rhonda Merrick recently, who is, uh, and she won't mind me saying this, but she's kind of in her mid 50s. Um, and um, nice. she sent me this this track, and it and it's just the heckles in the back of my neck just literally jumped up. I'm like, how how have, we, have I, I not heard you? Like your voice is so ridiculously good. You need like I I will do anything for you. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's what music should do to you. Like when you have that impact, like yeah. you know. You, you, I always yeah. say everyone has a time for them and just because someone is 50 60 70 some people some people who are great and they may not be with us anymore had started when they were like 70 yeah, or 80 yeah, yeah. and and it's amazing yeah i think i think bill weathers was quite late to it isn't it there's, there's quite a few over yeah, yeah. time isn't yeah. It? um but yeah i think i mean i think so yeah it's, it's exactly that it's got to be an emotional response if music doesn't move you then there's no point like there's no point me making a podcast and stuff that doesn't that doesn't excite me so um, and we play every genre again. It's not. I, I don't want to be limited to just like, just rock or just pop or just whatever. It's it could be anything. You're open to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. We, we play some um, um, like, what was it called? Symfo symphonic metal, which is probably a genre ah. I would naturally gravitate to. But I've heard of that before. But, you know, it's yeah. heavy kind of metal and kind of violins and stuff. But but again, it's like if it sounds right, then go for it. You know. So we will have like. And I and I'm deliberately will try and sometimes put tracks like that in to shake things up a bit, you know, because yeah. um, I, I don't I don't want I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want people to feel too comfortable in the sense that they know what's going to come next, you know. Like I want people to go, oh, okay, I've never listened to that kind of thing before, but actually, yeah. I quite enjoyed it, you know. So yeah. Well, it's thanks to people like you, Mark, that think out of the box that make people realise, oh my gosh, this is something that could change my life and you need more people like yourself to do that because without you the world would stay the same everyone will be comfortable if that makes sense you're very kind <laughs> thank you i know i mean oh, yeah no, i mean i'm happy to play my part i think it's yeah i agree with you. i think there needs to be more people who are who, who are brave think, and, and you know take risks i think from a music point of view definitely yeah i think in in every podcast when i talk to everyone everyone has a different way of life and everyone has a different way of seeing things and doing things but i think one of the best things is when you're not afraid of anything and when you can break boundaries that people wouldn't normally break and i believe that you're in that bracket well, that's very kind of and i always so. try Thank to you. push i always try to push people so that they understand that they're different and there's nothing wrong with that yeah no definitely yeah 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 no it's, it's good it's, finally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Oh, it's good it's really good finally mark i have my last question okay. for you so i want you to plug like there's there's no tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> tell us where we can find you uh all your social media so right cool music so the blog is always just at right called music so right is in r-a-g-h-t called as in c-h-o-r-d music so that's right cool music on facebook twitter instagram you name it we're always there and obviously the website.com or .co.uk takes it to the same place you can find the podcast yep. through the blog uh major label um is the consultancy business that's major spelled as you would expect it to be label just i've just knocked off the e so it's l-a-b-l dot com um school music our influencers schoolmusic.co um yeah that's kind of pretty much the main places i think um takeoverfestival.com Take yeah or again you can find it through uh the right Call music facebook page if you want to watch back any of the performances they're still up there they will stay up there uh, and you can still make donations as well to Nordic Robbins so 
say um yeah there's so much good music on there i say like 50 artists or so to watch so um yeah head over to the facebook page and have a good listen discover something new would be my uh, <laughs> yeah, my tip definitely i agree guys go out and have a listen and share your thoughts with mark because i'm sure anything you say to him he'll take in and make it into something big yeah yeah always up for discussion <laughs> definitely <laughs> Mark, I want to thank you so much for coming to the Ask People podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. My pleasure. No, it's been fun. Very thank fun. you so much. And guys, please always remember you can subscribe to the Ask People podcast by simply going on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We are literally everywhere. The only place we are not on is SoundCloud at the moment. Um, but you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going to the uh, PayPal account and simply just, yeah. But please always remember, guys, stay positive, stay happy and continue to be kind to one another.